reviews from the bench. And I am really excited to have with me Charlie DePoit uh, from Excel Hockey Development. How you doing, Charlie? Good. Right. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Now, um, we first met officially kind of, and I know we, we kind of played the same GLHL kind of league. And we, we've yeah. always, I've always known of you, but I've never really – you know, got to meet you until about last, was it last year as we kind of formally yeah. started meeting and things like that. And um, I had the privilege of coaching uh, Cooper last year for our show tournament, who was just amazing to have on the team, on the bench. He was, uh, he was a, he was a, you know, 10 year old kid out there, but he, was, he acted like a 30 year old professional on the ice. You know what I mean? Very stoic. Um, yes. Yeah. And uh, it was awesome to have, but through that time of, uh, you know, getting to know, and getting preparing for that tournament, things like that. You and I cultivated a great relationship, and, and it's one that I've, I'm glad that we've had. We, I love the fact that we've been able to call each other, bounce ideas off each other, and um, you know, sometimes I might call you for like a five minute quick question, and I know it, next thing I know it's an hour and a half later, and I'm like, you know, what just happened, right? So, um, like I said, awesome to have you on, and, and uh, just really, really thankful that some people are going to get to hear hear from you today. Yeah, oh, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we've had that, uh, that development conversation a lot, a lot of time, you know, from, from the thinking side, and I have an idea. Uh, the easier you write it's longer uh, than what uh, that five minute bounce idea is. But, yep. uh, yeah, no, I appreciate the friendship and I appreciate the opportunity to be on here today. Yeah, so uh, let's give me a little bit of background on yourself as a player, your playing history, and, and kind of where you're from and everything else like that. Oops, seems we might have lost Charlie there for a second. Charlie, you there? Oops. Well, uh, looks like we have a little bit of a internet connection. Uh, hopefully, Charlie bounces back on. Yeah, I'm there. You're, you're back. Sorry, we lost connection uh, right when I was about to speak there, so I apologize for that. Um, playing playing history, uh, yeah, it's a it's a long one because I'm getting old. Um, but uh, I grew up in Eagle River, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, a rival of Fond du Lac, a rival of Mosinee, and and uh, I grew up there my whole life. Played my youth hockey career there. Uh, played uh, high school there as well. And once I graduated high school, I I chose to. Uh, um, you know, go the route of the junior, the junior level. I, I ended up going out to the East coast. Um, I played in, uh, for the Boston junior Blackhawks, um, which was at that time, kind of a sister team to the uh, North American league team, the Texas tornadoes. Um, I had an opportunity to go play there and, and chose to do so, uh, played in Texas for a while as well. And, um, just decided, uh, after two years of juniors, I, I wanted to forego that third year of juniors and, uh, uh, went to UW Superior, and uh, I had enough for the big city life uh, growing up in Eagle River. Uh, I like the wood. Um, I like not having neighbors. Uh, to be honest with you, it was it was really a big part of the decision. I missed the the outdoor aspect, so um, I chose to go back to Superior, um, and uh, you know had uh, had a good go there. Um, had um uh let's see here i think it was in in 2001 i had a shoulder in uh shoulder injury that it was from my junior career um and it spiraled and and i uh, ended up having to have a shoulder surgery and um my freshman year of college 
uh, was in uh, 2001, 2002, I believe. And uh, that was the year UW Spirit last won the national championship. Okay. It was my freshman year. Um, and uh, what a great opportunity to be on that team to yeah. to develop with those guys and and uh, you know be a part of a winning culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, once that was the college days were done, I, I went into elementary education and and moved back and started coaching high school hockey and youth hockey and uh, working uh, it, um, with Excel Hockey Development here now for two years. And uh, this has been this has really been a good good. Uh, good route so that's a little bit of my history as far as playing goes yeah and then you've, you you touched a little bit on your coaching history right now and and you're you're like myself we run, we run a lot of hockey camps and stuff like that tell me a little bit about your excel hockey uh your camps that you run um well it, it's kind of you know morphing into uh, more opportunity especially with this yeah. pandemic um i yeah. think we need to look at things you know considerably different um, you know, with this halt in, in the economy and, and what's mm-hmm. going on. Um, so there's, there's, I think, a lot of ways in which hockey development needs to change uh, for the yeah. better. Um, and I think there's multiple venues and opportunities for that to uh, morph into something that, that could be uh, really, really done well. But um, in terms of the hockey development side, um, I currently run a six-week program at the Eagle River Hockey School. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, which we we take kids from from age four uh, with our mini mic clinic and and all the way up through our high school high school age um, development program, which is our main yep. camp. Um, it runs six weeks, and uh, we put the kids on ice uh, six hours a day. And really, the focus is uh, skill development. So we take your kid at the, the skill set they come in, and mm-hmm. and uh, we try to we try to. Um, develop them in a way that they they come back and make their association or the program they're playing for uh, better um you you brought up something i wanted to touch on because you've you've helped me out a lot with our hockey factory homeschool by by providing drills i just want to say thank you for that they've been amazing i've had a lot of great feedback on it but you've also been one of the people that i've really appreciated during this time period because um you're like myself like when we're, we're providing we're trying to provide info to kids uh, for free, we're not looking for anything like that, and and it goes a lot to your character when when you're allowed to give drills for free, take time out of your day, and we're not you're not expecting anything for it. But the great thing is, is it's it's like you said, it's changing the game, right? Kids are at home right now, and they're able to work on their skills and develop their skills mm-hmm. in a, at their home without having to worry about their you know about you know what's happening next season because you're providing them that information and. And do you think that's going to change the way people might view summer hockey or anything else like that? I And it's it's not a bad thing to break from the the ice, the ceiling, and the wanting to always win and perform. At a level to feel that pressure, you know, for kids. Um, but to just be able to go out in the driveway and shoot around and goof around and and kind of, you know, I see my son out there every day on his rollerblades uh, with the with the orange stick handling ball, and he's he's trying all kinds of crazy stuff. And and you know, fortunately and unfortunately uh, for him, he's coming in with some raspberries on his on his butt and his knees and stuff from wiping mm-hmm. out. But you know, it's it's different because. Um, he, he's having the opportunity to be creative and, and look at things a little bit differently. And, and, yeah. uh, you know, and without that, 
opportunity. I, I, I believe me, I miss the spring season. I miss yeah. traveling right now. Um, you know, we missed the state tournament this year. Uh, but at the same time, like I said, it, it, it can be really good. And it, yeah, you're no doubt it's going to change. Um, yeah. I think people are going to enjoy the fact that they've been home and it's been a little more time. And, and, you know, that, that, that part of it is, is uh, something that's irreplaceable and you'll never get back. So uh, there's some good things, you know, the break is good. So, yeah, the, the, that's a, one of the things I've been talking to a lot of kids about has been this break is great for the kids to be able just to take a step back, refresh, you know, get to understand get parts of their game that they want to improve on. But also it's also good for kids just to have that break. And some kids, they play this sport 12 months of the year, right? Definitely. And definitely. They're doing it from like, some of them are doing it from six, seven and eight years old. And, and then, you know, they're wondering why at, at U14 they're, they're burnt out. Right. Right. And, Right. This is something that I know you've encouraged a lot of too. Is is kids take a break, right? Like enjoy your time. And um, we talked about it earlier too. One of the great things about this time is I think parents are starting to understand. Like it's 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 pretty nice to have you know family dinners every night, right? Like I it's, it's honestly crazy all winter long. It, it's rare that we get to sit down as a family, yep. you know. And, and granted, we have we have four kids, so. Six six family members sitting down is is always tough to do with the dance schedules and you know school schedules and hockey schedules and all that kind of stuff. It really has been a blessing for our family to be able to uh, have that time. You know, it's it's again it's a different time and it's adjustment and and it's out of routine and it's hard for everybody. But um, you know, you, there's a lot of positive sides to it and and um, you know again with with my son and my daughter. Um, I, I had to have the conversation with my wife that don't, don't, don't worry about the fact that, that, you know, Cooper's not out there shooting every day. Yep. He, you know, he's out there throwing his football too. And that's okay. You know, he's yep. working on, on his footwork in, in football. And, and that part of it is good. You know, my daughter's out in the, in the yard with the, with the other ones bumping volleyballs. Uh, yep. So, you know, those, those are all things that, uh, you know, are going to make them hungry, I believe for the, when they get the opportunity to be back on the ice. Um, I think having that little break is, is going to, is going to create an appetite for skill development on ice once they get that opportunity Yep. as well. Do you, think, do you think this break with all the, with all the amount of time families are getting together, do you think it could change um, maybe how parents look at travel? I mean, instead of, you know, like at the tier two level, instead of going to five tournaments a year, maybe, Hey, you know what, maybe we, we do two and take a couple weekends off to be, be a unit again. You know what I mean? Do you think that could influence parents' decisions on, on how much travel they're doing and things like that? I hope so. I yeah. mean, to be honest with you, um, I, I really hope so. I mean, it, you know, Joe Pavelski has always said that his whole life in terms of, you know, you don't get better in the car. Yep. Uh, so there's there's things that they can do where, um, you know, and that's coming from from me. I, I do. We do travel with our son and, and he has that opportunity to play, um, you know, on a good team and, and, and do well, but there, there also are uh, the benefits of doing something quality, um, having great opportunity to do something quality. And, and it doesn't have to be 10, 12 tournaments. It can be three or four and, yep. and, and just be good ones, you know, and, and then focus on the skill development again, which is something you can do in your driveway, in your garage, in your basement, um, you know, on a, on a local ice sheet where you're, you're going out there, even if it's just playing shinny with your buddies. I mean, that's some of the best, best development I had growing up was, you know, not worrying about 
whether or not you lost the puck, but trying some creative, creative things and to find that threshold for what you can do in a game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's uh, personally, I hope it does change the outlook yep. of, of, of that, uh, that mindset. Yep. And that's, that's one of the things too, is, is that, you know, the, the also I've, I'm starting to see, you know, we're talking to coaches on this, uh, on, on the show and things like that. One of the things we've noticed is that a lot of coaches are starting to get that mentality of, skill development, individual skill development. And then lately too, it's also, you're seeing a lot of coaches that are starting, and you share this mentality too, of, of we don't have to win games, right? And we talk about that a lot. It's like, you don't win games. And, 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 you, and you and I have talked a lot, like talk to me about the freedom that you experience as a coach when you don't have that pressure to go out there and win a state tournament every year or win that tournament, you know, what that, what does, what does that do for your practices? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's huge. Um, you know, it's, it, could I implement a structure, uh, you know, a system or something like that, that, that focuses on, on the short-term wins? Um, definitely. I, I think that's something I could do um, in terms of the long-term development for each individual kid. Um, I think that's a, a detriment to their development. Um, you know, in terms of, of, you know, there's, there's, there's two, there's two scenarios. You got, you got uh, people who are, who, win, win, win. Right. Yep. Then there's the people who are afraid of that word win. Um, but then you also have the people who, who combine and merge the two that say, all right, when, what is, what is the definition of winning is, is winning uh, on the scoreboard is winning. Um, are we afraid of always striving to do that? But merging those two and saying, I'm going to always strive to win. I'm going to put myself in a position that, I may take my lumps early, but, uh, I, you know, in terms of when I'm sending a product, all these, these youth hockey players to Jake Suter, who is our high school coach here, mm -hmm. I want to send him the best skills product so that when he's implementing systems at that higher level, um, he's got the skill set to, to actually implement the system. Yep. And, and that's hard to do, especially coming from a small community, um, you know, no, one that doesn't have huge numbers it is tough, but if you're, if you're, if you're shrinking that skill gap um, while maintaining a high skill set, mm -hmm. um, he's going to have something to work with when they get to high school. And, and, and that's my goal as a youth coach um, yeah. as a hockey director is to try to shrink those skill sets in, in the best way I possibly can and really focusing on that, that skill development. Um, you, you just brought up something really interesting and, and something I want to touch on because a lot of coaches face, face this at their practices. And you come from a smaller youth organization, and within that youth organization, your your teams, your A teams or your B teams, the talent gap from your top player to your, you know, let's say your bottom player, it's, it's sometimes pretty substantial. And and you have to be able to maintain a great practice for your top player, push him, and make sure that your bottom player doesn't get left behind. How do you do that in a, a practice setting? Um. You know, a lot of it depends, uh, you know, again, on, on who you have on the ice, who's who, you know, I'm the hockey director here as well as uh, I was a peewee coach. I was a Bantam coach. Um, I, you know, helped helped our squirt coaches, our AU coaches, um, you know, so a lot of it depends on 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 who you have for help, um, who is bought in to what you're attempting to do. Um, and I think that's the key thing is is making sure not only your players are bought into to the the aerial structure of what you're doing and maybe the overall 
skills-based structure that you put in place, yeah. but then to have your coaches truly buy in and say, okay, it doesn't matter if they don't know where to go on a breakout because every single breakout derives from a different area of the ice. So yeah. it really doesn't matter that they don't know that this is where I go or this is where I go. Um, you can, you can create opportunities in practice to, to let the kids think are on their own and find that spot and how I uh, best puck support so that we can make the next best play yep. for our team. Um, in, in that it, again, it depends on your coaching staff. If, if you're not together on the same board, uh, it's not going to be successful, yep. but developing a structure in, in, and that all the coaches are available in, and um, at least in their, their thought process of what we're doing. Um, and a lot of that is, is teaching your coaches. Um, if you, if you, if you have that opportunity to set that time away and say, this is, this is the objective. This is how we get there. This is why we're doing this footwork, which is going to lead into this, which is then going to lead into the area of the ice in which it can be done on. Um, that's that's the key the key aspect in in uh, being successful with that I believe anyway. Yeah, and that's something that I, I I always try to reiterate to a lot of the parents in your parent meetings and things like that is that anybody can come on the ice and help us, right? Like I if if you if you have very little experience, like but you know how to skate and you're willing not to put a helmet on and go to the ADM class or the you know, the USA Hockey Clinic and things like that, I will take you on the ice all day long because as you very well know. You can you can you can educate coaches as long as they're willing to learn and and and, and soak up everything you're giving them. Like you can have a coach, you know, teach them how to do a concept, and they can pick it up pretty quick, right? right? And the other big thing too is I've had a lot of my coaches that that don't have the highest experience or level playing, but man, they can relate to a coach and teach. Or excuse me, they can relate to a kid. Definitely. I mean, I'm learning things now, right? Like right. they have a mentality and they have a demeanor that like I see and say, man, you really connected with that kid, right? And then boom, I'm learning how to connect to that kid on the bench as well. But that, you brought up a great thing is that like, even in small associations and big associations, like we need help on the ice. Like, I, like I've never said no to a coach coming on the ice with me, right? Like, right, never. exactly. And, and nor have I, nor have I. Yeah. And, you know, as long as I, I think it's important that the environment that you're that you're 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 creating and the culture that you're creating within your association, within your team, uh, within your panel of coaches is that it's a reflective environment. And yep. and if it's not reflective, then then there's no way to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have coaches on the ice that that uh, have never played the game of hockey before. And guess what? they've turned out to be some pretty darn good coaches. Um, and the more coaches we have on the ice, if we're running four stations a night and we're combining our, we, we don't have the the numbers to support an A and a B team. We haven't yep. now for two years. Um, we have one squirt team, one peewee team, one Bantam team. Um, so we combined our peewees and Bantams uh, three nights a week this year. Yep. And then they all got their ice one night a week by themselves. So um, we, we, we looked at it that way and said, how can these coaches, for one, we put all these coaches, whether it was the peewee coach, they're still coaching the Bantams. It's another perspective. Yep. Um, and as long as, um, again, you're talking about how you respond to certain players, mm-hmm. um, you can move forward in the right direction. But again, it's, it's, it's important that you have um, – a reflective environment so that so that the, the coaches are saying okay that didn't work 
how can we change that? We understand where the concept is, but the kids weren't getting it. Um, yeah. And as long as you convene afterwards and and put your strengths of certain coaches, um, use those strengths where you kind of mask those deficiencies of those coaches, whether it be, uh, one coach is not very good at, at skating, um, allow, allow, that's where the numbers come in. Like you said, yeah. you, you don't turn that away. You don't turn coaches away because they can manage a station yeah. Um, and then I can go around and float and work on, on all the different skill sets because, because I'm able to do so. And some coaches aren't. So managing that system is, is, is tricky. Um, but again, um, it's definitely doable. Yeah. So. And that's something you brought up too, that I, I, I wanted to touch on because you, you told me about this and it's something that we started doing in Fond du Lac with our development program was, um, you know, you know, traditionally, sometimes associations they have their PEAs on with their PEBs, and then their or you know or PEAs with PUCs because you have split practices and things like that. But um, I loved how your association was able to think outside that box and like you put your bandages on the ice of the PEBs, and then you know you, you're you're getting your top end PEBs the ability to skate with maybe a skill set of higher at the phantom level to push those kids and some of the bandages who need to work on their their skill sets of you know maybe they're you know that they haven't quite mastered yet they can work on those with the peewees and it's a it's, you said like it created a culture and an environment within your association where every kid was getting what they needed right definitely and yeah it, and again that's that reflective part of the environment is you know we can ability base and because you know we're, we're looking at putting about 30 kids on the ice between two teams yep. um you can be uh you can ability base your groups and that might mean that you have a, a first year or maybe even a second year P or sorry, a f possibly a first year Wee yep. skating with, with a Bantam group. And mm -hmm. if that's where they're at, then, then so be it. Um, and I think, I think kids can learn from that. It's kind of creating that, that pull, push, pull situation where, yep. you know, if you don't have this leapfrogging of abilities where, you know, kids are passing each other and then they're like, Oh, Oh, I better get my butt in gear because yeah. this kid who wasn't as good as me three weeks ago, he's passing me. He's in a different group. Okay. I better get my butt in gear. It creates this, this positive competition. It's, it's not the unhealthy competition where, where it's just this jealousy. It's, it's a positive competition that, that uh, is making everybody better. And that's, that's ultimately what you want to create because the reality is we can, we can lead the horse to water, but can't make the horse drink right so yeah. you provide the best the best um structure and the best um opportunity for kids to develop but they have to they have to take the step you know yeah. and and creating that competition is is part of it yeah and that's it and that's one of the things that i'm glad you brought that up because that's it's one of the things like that associations and, and like a smaller association like yourself is able to kind of turn on a dime more and reinvent your structure like you know what i mean and, yeah. and I know a larger association, they struggle with that because there's a lot more hoops to jump through and things like that. But I always try to encourage the coaches on the ice together, the, the association, and when you, when you talk to them is that think outside the box, like see what you've had as yeah. what has been your norm. And then legitimately look like, is, can we change that? And then, you know, like, cause that sometimes people are like, they were, you know, I hate to be cliche here, but they say like, Oh, that's just the way we've always done it. Well, like, you know, like, as you and I both know, like, yeah. like, you know, like, well, why do you think these teams are struggling at all of these levels? Why do you think that, like, you know, none of these kids have, have moved on or, or things like that? And it's it's because they're, they're, they're too tired or they're too afraid of the change and to think outside that box. And then, and that's the other thing, too, is I found with associations that 
a lot of times parents have a fantastic ideas. Like they really do. They oh, might not be happy a lot, but mm -hmm. they have some great ideas, but they're too afraid to go to that coach because that coach played, you know, hockey or that coach is intimidating or whatever it may be. And right. I always encourage parents to like, just say it. Like, you know, like if I think it's a bad idea, I'll, I'll probably be, you know, I'll probably like, won't tell you that, but then, but it also opens up my eyes. You have, maybe I'm doing something wrong, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's, so, it's like you said, it's another perspective out there. Um, you know, I, I sat in a practice uh, a while back, maybe two years ago, and and I looked at our kids' skating skills. And, you know, nobody really likes to work on backward skating, right? Yeah. I mean, backward skating is one of those things where it's, it's it's you know, not not fun for everybody. And um, I looked at it as a whole, as a program, like, gosh, we, we need to work on that. How, how can we do this without having kids say, oh, we're working on backward skating for 10 minutes and, and have it be so structured. And, you know, one thing we did was just bumper butts. I mean, yeah. skating, working on that agility, working on your ability to, to feel that contact and skate and, you know, hit butts with a, a partner, you know, and, and it was just something that, that we just thought a little bit outside the box. And you, you think the kids would, uh, we're too old for that or, you know, this and that, but they ended up having a lot of fun and they didn't realize, Oh, I'm getting better at backwards skating, you know? Yeah. So it, it's trying to disguise, I guess, disguise what you're doing. And I think that's, um, again, it's, it's being creative as a coach and it's looking at your, your deficiencies and how, how can we mask our deficiencies at the current moment, but still we have, we have to fix them. We have yeah. to fix them. And, um, sometimes when you can throw a loop for your players where they don't really even understand what they're working on, I don't think that's a bad thing. It's mm -hmm. great. to always tell them the objective, what we're doing, but at times it's also good for them to say, Hey, this is what we're doing afterwards. Re you know, convene with them and say, well, what did you work on? What did you notice? And, and you might even find out for yourself as a coach that they found out that they were working on things that you didn't even think of. You know, and that's kind of the aha moment for a coach when when kids are critically thinking and being reflective on their own skill development. And, and that's, you know, that's exciting as a coach uh, kind of makes you feel dumb at times, too. But uh, but nonetheless, it, it's it's a good thing. Yeah. You know, you bring up masking drills and that's something, too, that you, you see. And uh, I always encourage parents too to ask questions, you know, like, don't be afraid to go to your coach. and be like, What were you doing there? Because sometimes. I you know you, you coaches we run drills right and these drills we run like we have a we have an idea of what we're doing with the drills right and it might in a, to a parent sitting up in the stands it might just see like oh they're just running some competition drill like a two-on-one drill out of the corner like what are they doing today like, they're just goofing off but reality is that's a breakout drill you're masking it right exactly. the kids yeah. don't the kids don't even realize at the time that they're doing a breakout drill the two-on-one you know you dump the puck in the corner Defenseman goes, picks it up, the four checkers on him right away. Like you might just see, oh, it's a one-on-one -on -one draw out of the corner and they're just flipping the puck. Well, no, that's that, that defenseman's learning how to maneuver, you know, he's learning how to disguise his feet, disguise his escape right. and things like that. He's looking how to get the puck up ice. And then uh, that's a fun competition drill, but it's masked as a breakout, right? Exactly. Yes. You know, and and you know, when, when you're talking about that, I mean, you, you look at so many kids who just blindly turn and go, and they go pick up the puck, and they they haven't shoulder checked both ways, they haven't they haven't assessed the situation of of what they're going into and, and how the circumstance and when they get the puck, what's changed, yeah. um, you know. So there's all those aspects that that they're learning, and yes, you're pointing them out, you know, as you go because you don't want to miss those opportunities to point those out. But at the same time, they're learning those on their own. 
And then, and then again, when they make that pass and, and they got to, they got to gap up quickly and they got to yeah. figure out how to turn and what's the best way to force them to turn to an unlikely situation for the, for the forward. Those are all things that, that are learning, but yes, you're right. The parents don't know that we're thinking that in our head and we understand why we're doing it. At least most of us coaches, we didn't, you know, we're, we're actually putting that into play for a specific yeah. reason uh, rather than saying, Hey, I found this drill. Uh, it looked like a cool drill. I, I let's do it. Let, you know, have that purpose for that drill. But um, and you, yeah. you, you and I have talked about this too. And we, we've talked about high hockey IQ and stuff like that. And, and I, I do find it funny when people are like, we can't, you, you can't teach hockey IQ, but I'm like, and I know you and I have been like, uh, you totally can. Like it's, and, and that's one of the things too about masking drills and, and things like that. Because when I, when I have competition drills and, and this is one of the ways I've always tried to, increase my players hockey IQ is by putting them in situations that and then creating the habits right because right you put your kid a kid in a situation like a competition drill and then he starts creating habits out of that competition drill you know getting that puck like doing the shoulder checks right that's a habit mm-hmm. that creates hockey IQ because you know you bring up shoulder like I look behind me once or twice what do I get I get my vision right I get to yeah. see twice which then creates hockey IQ, which allows players to know how to break the puck out earlier and things like that. And it's about masking that drill. It's, man, it's just another competition drill. No, no, no. We're, we're putting, you're giving your kids good habits that increases their hockey IQ. Um, exactly. Yeah. And all the skill stuff that you do prior to that is what makes them successful in doing it. Yeah. But again, if, if you don't have the skills up to that point, then on top of you throw them in that drill, they are going to be, unsuccessful but that doesn't mean it's not a bad idea it doesn't mean yeah. it's not a good drill it means they still got to figure it out and there's kids who have that innate ability to do it faster and to do it quicker because their hockey iq maybe their second generation or third generation and they've they've seen it more and it's it's it comes quicker to them there's other kids who don't learn that way and it, and i i'm an educator so m- going through this multiple intelligences, there's, there's different ways in which kids learn and process. And you got to give them that opportunity multiple, multiple times so that the habit can be created well and the skill set can be worked on. Yep. Um, and without that, you, you don't get that, that, that movement forward. Yep. Um, so uh, one of the other things too, uh, and, and we've talked about it, like um, as a coach, you know, like there's things that, that coaches think they can control and there's things that can, coaches can control. What are your thoughts on, you know, just uh, what, what, like, what are your thoughts on, on things coaches can control and things and as far as a game and practice and stuff like that? Um, you know, I think ultimately the reality as coaches is, is um, really our ability to prepare the kids, right? Yep. I mean, what you do in practice is ultimately how you prepare for the upcoming contest and, and your contest in a sense, mm-hmm. it, it, as much as it is also uh, an assessment, it's, it's also a development opportunity to get better. So okay. you take your game situations, you, you look at competition, you try to you scope your competition. And I think that's the one thing we do off ice as, um, as, as coaches, as game schedulers, all that, we look at how are we going to give our kids another development opportunity to get better on the weekend. Um, and again, 
as coaches, we assess what we didn't practice leading up to that. How did that prepare us for the game? Now, I'm not talking about systems or, or that. It's how we how we worked and how we said, okay, this skill set is something that we need to work on. Let's focus on that. Now we can see what it looks like in a true game setting against kids we don't know and we can't control the circumstances of it because that's the reality is we can't. Yeah. We can't control the circumstances of the other team and, and even really what our kids do because they need to go out and execute it. And if you were in that same situation, nine out of ten times, you wouldn't have made that same play. Um, but but the reality is they need to learn through that, and they're the ones that still need to execute. Um, um, our job as a coach is to prepare them for that. You know, what we do as a pregame warm-up um, to, to, to get them focused, to get them, you know, really harnessed in and, and, um, and prepared for that, that contest. And, uh, I think as a, as a coach, uh, once you teach your kids that your job on the ice is to manage your shift, my job is to manage the bench. That's my yep. job. Once they realize that that's my role as a coach and that's their job as a player, I think that's where you really become successful as a coach. Yeah. So, Cause that's, that's one of the things too. I've, I've, I've tried to, you know, you catch yourself doing it as a coach. Like you want to try to control everything that happens, right? And then when you stake like that back perspective view of like overhead view, but you realize as a coach, like we really can't control what happens on the ice. Those kids, that's that's the kids' time, right? We try to prepare them and try to get them ready for the game. And as long as we understand that we can't control what happens during a game, we can help them. But right. things as you say, managing the bench. I love that because – that's something that, like, we always talk about. You can only manage the attitudes and your response to the things that happen, right? And right, as coach, exactly. you're able to maintain a level of calmness and, and encouragement to the kids on the bench, you'll see that encouragement go to them and on the ice, right? Like, because mm-hmm. then they'll start, they'll start feeling the opportunity to, to be creative, to take chances and things like that, because that's what we want, right? Right. We want them to start thinking on their own. We want them to be creative and, and have the confidence to become a better hockey player. And that only starts with them, with us being able to control our emotions on that bench, right? Like, right, right. And that's, realistically, that's the only thing we can control. Like, you know, how you manage that bench, how you yeah. control a kid's person, you know, he has a bad ship. What are you doing as a coach? Are you, is your attitude like being negative with that skater? Because I guarantee his next shift not going to be great. Right, right. exactly. You're able to show that and, and control your emotions and show the kid, like, hey, like, it's okay. Like, you made a play, love the play you made, but why don't you look at this? And then that kid's going to go, okay. And either he's going to try it or he's not. And that's exactly. Exactly. And like you said, it's it's still his choice when the, when the situation yeah. arises. And, you know, that's one thing as a coach that uh, I need to improve on. I mean, I, I've learned firsthand. Um, and, and again, I make the same mistakes over and over, just like these kids do. And I, I try not to, you know, you, you, you try to, teach them constructively but at times sometimes your emotions get the best to you and sometimes then you're then you're just you're kind of the one with your head down saying oh man i failed these kids and um that's where as a coach too there has to be uh you know a little bit of humility in your willingness to show humility and say hey man i i didn't prepare you guys right i didn't hold my cool i didn't i i need to apologize to you guys and and that goes a long way with in this game um, the response, you know, the, the response to what you're in control of is, is you want to develop a trust, not, not only between you and your players and you, 
your your coaches and you and your and the parents at the youth level, and also from player to player. And they had there there's a lot of trust in this game, and um, you know showing humility and 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 that is is a big part of it. You know, and that's also the it leads me to uh, you know what what things can we control in a game, and it also kind of goes to the parents a little bit out there too. Is that I do I do find it. Um, funny sometimes like i as i get i get a little bit like on the bench when i hear the parents from the stands yelling like skate shoot and, and, and saying all these things and you're going no that's not what we're teaching them right and that's something i always like telling parents is like you like you can't control a lot from the stands like exactly you control very very little so like yelling at your kid on the ice to shoot the puck or pass the puck or yelling at another player or you know, like, you know, skate faster or whatever it may be. Like, like you got to let the kids play. You got to let them be in control of what they do on the ice. If you have, you know, constructive criticism or, or recommendations for them after the fact, then by all means, you know, talk to your kids after the game. But the first thing you should be learning as a parent up in the stands is, is that you can't control what's going on in the ice. Like as coaches, we try to understand, you know, we try to get them to, um, as coaches, we are trying to get them to, understand what's going on in the ice but you know as, as parents it's, it's tough like and you, you sh we don't need to be yelling at them we constructively let's 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 bring them in and um you know like and offer encouragement and things like that so right and i i think you know to go along with what you're saying I totally agree with with everything you're saying saying there I, I do think it also can create some confusion for the kids oh yeah you know they're listening and, and of course just like every kid you, you listen you listen to or you hear your mom and dad. You, you don't always listen. You don't always do what they say. But guess what? You're hearing them. And now that's another thought in your head. When you're already struggling as a player to process because, oh, we practiced this 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 in 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 practice this whole week. But guess what? This player isn't there. And and the second four checkers here and and that wasn't the way it looked, you know, at this time. So um they're processing how all these things have changed and now they got to make a decision, but they got this person yelling this, you got another person yelling this and they're, and they're, they're just confused. I, so I think it does create a lot of confusion and sometimes um, our best job is to just, to just cheer when there's a goal scored and, and, and that, and, and be a fan. And, and again, yeah, the parents, the parents uh, play a big role in that as well. Yeah. And I, I, I've told parents of Bantam skaters, don't ever yell at your kid out. I never yell something on the ice to bantam skaters because you know some of these bantam skaters, they're processing so much, right? They got the puck on their stick, they got a winger open, they got a guy who's coming up trailing behind them, and then now we're throwing into the equation a big two hundred pound guy trying to run them down. Exactly. Exactly. And if they're here, you say shoot, and that split second takes their attention off of that puck. Watch out. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah, um, that, that would definitely, uh, I can resonate with that, with uh, the opposition or so. But, uh, yeah. So, um, real quick here, um, and we've talked briefly about this too, and uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on it. What are some of the qualities that you see at the youth level and good teammates? Oh, and good teammates. You know, there's so, there's so many, obviously. Um, yep. You know, but kind of, kind of, really just looping it all into one. And I yeah. think it really kind of circles back to, to the one is, is your willingness to work. Um, yeah. You know, your willingness to work shows teammates something. It shows your coach something, shows your parents something, it shows your teammates. 
Uh, it shows yourself. Yep. Maybe the most important thing is what are you going to do to help um, your team be successful? And that that is, again, that's finding your role, that's embracing your role, but at the same time, that's making sure that you're working on on the things that you need to improve on. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's, that's really hard to do because kids want to be something, and right now they're not that yet. Yeah. Um, and that, that's something that um, makes it really, really challenging to take all these different personalities and pull them in and, and, and create this, this team. Um, but I think it really comes down to your overall willingness to get better, to, to put the time in, to, uh, to make sure that um, you're, you're making the people around you better. Um, yep. and, and that's one thing that uh, there's a lot of other personality traits that come into to fact. Um, I said it earlier is, is being humble, um, yep. you know, in, willing to, to, to take ownership for when you don't make the right player or that. And that's again, that reflective environment that it, we as coaches um, try to develop in the culture of our team. Um, but again, it's, I, I can't I can't think of a, a better way to say your willingness to work and it's it's in multiple facets of the game not just on the ice but also off the ice how you respond to your teammates um, in in your pregame um, dynamic stretching or whatever whatever that be um, so I don't know it, it's you got to create that you got to create that positive competitive environment that uh, is is around allowing people to always be reaching and to always be um pushing themselves you know yeah and that's the one thing too is that you know when you talk to kids about being good teammates it's often it, it, it often happens in steps right like you don't see a might player having all the great qualities of a teammate right and uh, right. as coaches we want to try to instill great in great teammate attributes in all of our kids so that you know when they're doing something other than hockey it resonates with everybody, right? And because most of these kids, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to play NCAA hockey. They're not going to be a professional. This is not going to be their life. So, but if we can teach them good habits that allow them to be great teammates, and that's the thing is every year, um, you know, you try, maybe try to instill a new something new into those kids. So, because you're not going to teach, you know, a, a, a UA kid what you teach a bantam on how to be a good teammate, and it's a process, right? And as coaches, right. we got to understand that process and how to make kids better teammates. And I think it's a it's a journey, right? It's, it's not a it's, it definitely is. You know, I I was fortunate enough to uh, over the last few years with with running the the hockey camp in Eagle River. Um, you know, a number of years ago, uh, we had uh, a buddy of mine, Jeff Pellegrini, came in, and and he's uh, coaches at Shattuck St. Mary's he coaches the 15 U team. Uh, but prior to that, he had been coaching out on the East coast and, and was at Northeastern university as the assistant coach of the girls program was at Harvard. So he's, he's got a, a good uh, background of, of coaching. And um, you know, one thing when I, when I was doing this interview and kind of, kind of the way we're doing, where we're kind of sparking some conversation um, he had, he had mentioned to these, these hungry high school kids who, who were, were there working on their skill development, but he was relating it to life and how he gets more phone calls from people who are pursuing his, his girls or his players um, from a job interview standpoint, not a hockey standpoint, but a job interview standpoint. And they want to know what they're like as a teammate. They want to know what, what, how is this going to relate to, uh, 
in the job setting, in the in that world, in the real world. And, and that was really powerful for those kids to hear that that life in terms of hockey is a competitive nature um, is going to change for them. And some sooner than, than they want it to, but the reality is life is going to continue to go on. So how we, how we prepare these kids for, for what's, what life is going to throw at them. Um, this team sport, which we call hockey is, is the best possible thing for these kids in their, in their development um, as, as a, a citizen and as a, uh, an employee or maybe potentially an employer as well. Yep. So. Um, and then give me um, a piece of advice, any piece of advice you want for a, for a hockey youth parent um, out there. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I have to, I have to, uh, I have to listen to my adv- own advice sometimes too. Um, you know, but to, to put it all together is, you know, this opportunity, especially given given the fact of the circumstances that we're all facing with this pandemic right now, um, enjoy it. I mean, it, it lasts so minutely in your life. Um, as a hockey parent, we get we get uh, you know, eighteen years, twenty years, if we're lucky, to watch our kids be able to play hockey and and um, it, it, just enjoy it. Be a fan. Um, you don't. I sit there and as they're my kids coaches oftentimes I, I coach them as well. Um, when we get in, when we get in the car after the game, I, I always have to tell myself, you remember, you're not going to get this conversation back. So how are you going to make this meaningful? Um, don't, don't sit there and tell them every mistake they made. They, they already know yeah. they're, if they're, if you as a coach and you as a parent have created an environment that is reflective for your kids and everything they do, they already know what they're doing wrong. And so for you to sit there and badger them on everything that they're doing wrong isn't, isn't doing anybody any good. It's just creating some resentment. So I think the best thing you can do is, is really just always remind yourself that you can't get that conversation back um, and that you really can focus on some of the things they did well, um, create that positive, that positive relationship with your kid. And um, again, I just be a fan. I mean, be a fan because, you know, some of us, get more time to watch our kids play. Some of us don't. And um, you want to make sure that you, you make the most of each one. One of the things I do, and granted my, my daughters are, you know, one's almost turning seven, the other one's five right now. And they they play U8. So it's not like it's, it's, it's anything like amazing as far as like, you know, games going on or anything. But one of the things that I I think someone told me, um, and I say it to my daughters every single time I get in the car, I ask them two things, or I ask them one question, then I say one thing to them, and then it's gone. We don't talk about hockey unless they bring it up. But the the thing I always say is, I say like, "Did you have fun?" And you know, it's like, like you know, I usually get the slushies were great. I'm like, "Oh, sweet." All right, cool. Um, I always tell I always tell my daughters I loved watching you play. And uh, my daughter, my oldest daughter, now is at that point where she's like, "I know, Dad," and I'm like, "All right, just." Just want to let you know that I love watching it play. And it's also because, like, you know, I, I don't have that right now as a dad. I don't have that, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not vicariously living through my daughters because, I mean, they are super young. Um, you know, it's like, you, I don't, if, if they, like, would ever get the talent to go to the Olympics, would it be amazing? Yes. Do I expect it? No. But it's also one of those things I just hope that they play the game, right? Exactly. I, I, I just I just want them to play. Like, and I, I know how it was with, with my parents. 
and and me um and and it was a little bit later because i played club hockey my entire time so my parents were able to drive me to the rink at you know 17 years old and junior and senior in high school like that was still part of the you know they still had to drive me to toronto um for some parents in wisconsin like at freshman year like their interaction with their kids are it's done like yeah. they're getting on the bus with yeah. their friends and their teammates and driving home and then after they, they get to the rink they have a buddy drive them to home right and it's late at night so you don't have to you don't get that hour downtime with your kids to like you know talk to them and and that's the thing is that like parents they don't realize that it like it's just it literally happens it's done yeah oh i'm experiencing it i've got one that that's going to high school this year and yeah. To think that you know when I first started with her, it was it was fun and and frustrating at the same time. So I I, I will I will say as a parent it, it is it is really hard and as a parent who's played the game and works on skill development it, it it is very challenging. But a lot of times I really too truly do have to bite my lip and just say all right, she's still learning. She's my daughter. I love getting to share this opportunity with her. Yeah. And I love the fact that she's playing a game that I, I was fortunate enough to get to play as well. And I yeah. think that, I think that's the perspective you got to have. Oh yeah. Because it's, it's rough. Like I, I saw my mom go through it, you know, that, you know, and it was that like, what, and she, she told me one time I was after I graduated college and she said it to me like, and I was like, and I was, I was, you know, my mid twenties when this happened and it, it dawned on me, not until I had my first daughter play her first tournament, like January weekend, what she actually met with that. And that she said, what I wouldn't give to have one more road trip with you. Like, like, like you're like, man, you're like, and at the time I was like, yeah, yeah cool mom. Like whatever. Um, you know, season just ended like sweet. See you later. But after my first Jamboree road trip with my daughter, we can't, we're on the way back to Stevens point. We got home and I was like, man, that's what my mom meant. Like, just sitting in the car and like, you know, talking to her, like, did you have fun? She's like, yeah. She's like, I don't understand why my, that player took the puck away from me. I'm like, honey, because he's on the other team. Right. <laughs> like, and, and that's, it was, it was, and then, you know, looking back, you know, 15 years later, I'm like, that's what my mom meant. Like she would give anything for one more trip, you know? And uh, it goes a long way. So, and it goes to what you were saying. Like it goes by quick, enjoy the times that you have and, and don't make it a car ride confession home where you're telling them every single thing they did wrong, right? Right, exactly. And and they, they already played the game. There's no there's no there's no change in, in the outcome or or what they did. And and I think, you know, it's a similar story to what you were saying yeah. with your mom. I, I I get that opportunity now, uh, because you know, my dad was able to go with us last year to Toronto to watch yeah. Cooper play and and he got to go watch Maddie play with TW this year. And um so those those i get some of that back a little bit but it's still it's still different so i i just you know i want to make sure that the relationship that i have is is one of that where i feel comfortable with my parents saying hey come watch your grandkid play yep. and, and they love it and it's a great opportunity and it brings those memories those good memories back yep. of the of the opportunities i had with my parents which uh you know hopefully hopefully i'm i'm able to do as good of a job as my parents did with it oh, yeah. um, you know so uh, let's face it. The reason why we get her, I mean, if you played hockey, the reason why you're getting your kids into it is because of the experience you had that your parents probably fostered. Right. Oh, and, and that's one of the reasons why like right now, like, you know, you know, hockey for me, it, it, it bonded my family. Like it was one of those things where, 
you know, it's that me and my brother have that same relationship right now where it's like, you know, hockey's the thing that has brought us super close together. And, you know, I, you know, I love him to death over this. And it's the same thing with my parents. And we, we forget that. And right. And that's the reason why we want our kids to play. It's one of the reasons why, like, I'm so like, all I care about is making sure my daughters play. Don't care. Like, I don't care how far, yeah. you know, how far they go. I just want it because I know the relationship it built with me and my family. And I want that. I want that close, that oneness, that bond with my kids. Right. And, and then yeah. hopefully it goes to the grandkids too. So I can sit there be and be a part of it. I, there's some about, there's something about the camaraderie in this sport, yep. uh, not just with your own family, but in the, in the families that you create outside of your own tight knit, uh, you know, blood family. And, and that's one thing that, uh, that I, I will forever cherish in my life is this opportunity to, to share this with my kids and with my, my, and uh, again, my kids with my grand, with their grandparents, um, you know, it's, it's really, it's really special. And it's something that, uh, again, it, it can be gone. It can be gone like that. So uh, take every advantage of, of it being a, a positive, po- positive, memorable moment. Yeah. And then the last question I have, I always ask it to everybody is, uh, if you could give yourself one piece of advice when you were 12 or 13, what would it be? Oh, there's so many pieces that I would love to to rewind back and, and, yeah. and give, give myself. And I, I, I sometimes I, I probably heard a lot of this that I'm about to say, but I was maybe unwilling to actually listen to it. And um, I guess one thing that that I learned throughout my career um, was I was always maybe the kid who wasn't, who wasn't the most talented, but I always really worked at it. I Mm -hmm. I always wanted, I wanted to catch the person that I knew was better than me. And, and, but I didn't always know how to go about doing it. And, and that's one thing that this, this game, this, this, this circle of, of true hockey um, development um, it's actually quite small. Yeah. And you find that it, it, it can also be intimate in the sense that you and, and I and, and many others in our situation that are coaching, we want to share. We want to help. We want to we want to give the kids the opportunity to play beyond what I had the opportunity to play and, and, and maybe make a career of it. Um, so just having the willingness to to ask, yep. to ask for help to to build and maintain relationships with people that um, really are going to help benefit you not not just open the door because they know somebody or this and that and and they can get a good word out for you but but to truly develop relationships with people that truly care about what interests you um i think that's one bit of advice but i can't stop just right there either it's 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 finding and putting yourself around those people that are going to embrace the role you're playing and for you to help you embrace the role you be you're playing at that current moment, Mm -hmm. but not to, not to give up on the player that you want to be. If that makes sense. Um, I was a defensive oriented oriented guy. Um, I, I was a guy that loved battling in front of the net, um, loved winning corner battles, loved to block shots. Okay. Which every team needs, but Mm -hmm. You know, when I did that, I, I embraced the fact that that's who I was as a player. But then it kind of, in turn, kind of 
made me give up on the player that I wanted to become the, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, once I got to that higher level level, I wasn't as much of a, a difference maker as an impact player in terms of scoring or assist making and, 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 and that kind of thing. And so those skills kind of, kind of got put on hold for a bit. And I just want to make sure that as a player, um, it's, it's important to, to mask your deficiencies in those competitions. That is, that is a huge component and it's going to help you be more mentally tough. But at the same time, it's important to continue to really work and strive to find when you don't know how to find the people that are going to help you become better at skills that, that you're, you're lacking in. And, and maybe not lacking for the team you're on, but maybe lacking for where you want to be in your career. In, in terms of the game. And, and that's one thing that, again, um, you want to, you want to ensure your success down the road. And if, if that means you embrace too early, the type of player you are at that point, it, it gives, it gives, um, it, it, it doesn't allow you to, to be better if that makes sense. Yeah. So. That's, that's perfect. Because that's, what's one of the things too, like, you know, you, you probably hear the cliche all the time. You are who you surround yourself with. Right. Exactly. And, and if you're surrounding yourself with people who are continually wanting to better themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And as parents, we want our kids to be hanging around those people, right? <laughs> like, we, like we we want our kids to be hanging around with other kids who want to better themselves, who, who don't have a complacency with just being okay. And, um, you know, it's, it's perfect you said that because, like, as, as coaches, we want to see that with our players, too. It goes back to being a good teammate, right? Wanting to work harder, become better. And that's right. where... That's where kids, if they could understand that, that, you know, that that kid, he might be your friend, but he's complacent with just being okay. And there's, and it's not saying you don't have to be friends with him anymore, but it's also like, you know, there's, there's all these other kids who they want more, they want to better themselves, they want to compete, right? And they also accept you for the player you are, and then also want you to be more than just that, right? Because that's being a good teammate. It's like you... You, you have a player on your team who's a stay-at-home defenseman, but you know what? There might be a game where I need him to score a goal. Exactly. exactly. And, the only, and the only way that can happen sometimes is if you have players that you're surrounding yourself that are can continually pushing you in practice to shoot the puck, to go make an offensive play. Like, you know, like, you know, I, I remember telling people, like, you had the lane. Why didn't you go? Well, my, I just wanted to, my, my job is to get the puck up ice. No, no, your job is to play hockey. You know, your, yeah. your job is to score goals. Like, and I've never seen a coach yell at a player for scoring a goal unless he like, you know, it's, it's the 20th goal of a game or something like that. But, exactly. And that's what yeah. I tell players. Like your, your job is like everyone has a role, but you, the, but your job is to make the team better. And how, how it happens isn't, isn't based on if you block a shot, great. Goal scores are should block shots too. Like yeah. your role is not to score goals. It's, it's to play defense, to help out. It's to, it's to make the team better. And if kids are surrounding themselves with that type of talent around them, mm-hmm. like, I think how much, how much better that team would be. It's like, you know, it's like the, one of the things we always talk about, like what are habits of successful teams? Like, look at the St. Louis Blues, right? Oh, unbelievable. I mean, yeah. yeah. Because their superstars are playing a defense. Like everyone played that role. Like when the Capitals won, look how defensive Ovechkin was playing, right? Unbelievably, yeah, yeah, and that's what I, you know, to be, like you said, to go back and tell yourself something like, as a kid, you you know the kids who are pushing themselves, like you can see that, and surround yourself with more of those. If you have kids that don't want to do it, then you know what, like you don't have to hang out with them. Like find the kids who have the yeah. same mentality you and go, like be buddies with them, like, and then you're gonna see your game 
explode. So and that's and that's a little bit of kind of what I was talking about is you, you're talking about surrounding yourself with those players, surrounding yourself with those people that are going to help you get there. It's again, it's surrounding yourself and building and maintaining those relationships yeah. with with the Ryan Blicks and 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 the Charlie DePoints of, of your life that you may not come in contact with, but you can give a quick phone call to and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. What, what do I do? How, how do yeah. I get there? Like, you know, because there there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, well, you know, the more perspective you have and that you get to filter it all out and figure out take bits and pieces. And, and, you know, there's the, the, the people who, this is the way I did it in 1984. Okay. And there's good stuff from that. But then there's the ones that said, this is, but that's the way it was done in 1984. And that's how this game is evolving. And that's how, um, you know, you really do need help. You do need advocacy um, from, from coaches, from other players, from, from even parents, um, you know, in this sport to help you succeed and help you move in the direction that you want to go. And uh, again, like you said, you, you nailed it. I mean, it's, it's surrounding yourself with the right people and surrounding yourself with really the, 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 the right personalities that are, that are, you, you can kind of, you can kind of pull from, but again, your personality is going to, is going to develop from that and it's going to help them in, in, in return as well. So I mean, even, I mean, I hate to, I mean, not, not to be negative here, but it's like one of those things where you have some parents that you, you and everybody know, every, everybody knows a parent on their team or an opposing team that you're like, Oh boy, like he's, he's yelling things from the stands. You know, he's on the referees all the time. And you know, you're like, and that parent's like sit standing by themselves. Right. It's like, exactly. There's reasons for that. You know what I mean? There's reasons why some parents seclude themselves or they wonder why no parents are around them during games. Or it, it's just, but that's the thing too, is like, as even as parents, like you can surround yourself with the right, you know, friends for your kids. And I always yeah. encourage that because that's, that's important. You know, like you, you know, the values that some of the, uh, of the parents that are on your team. And, and sometimes you can see that like, like you need to surround, have your kids surrounded by the parents who have those good values that can, that can build your skater, you know, and, and make them better, not continually be negative and, 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 you know, you don't want to say tear things down, but they don't help the process, you know, right. they need the exactly. process. And um, I, I, I often tell people that like, you know, like surround yourself with the people who are going to help you. And it doesn't mean like, you know, be the good old boys club, but, but it means, you know, surround yourself with the kids who are the parents that, you know, share those same values that you have that are going to, you know, only make yourself and be in a better situation. So, right. Um, exactly. But I just want to say that's, that's all I have for everybody right now. I just want to say thank you for, uh, for coming on. Um, it's another long one and I knew I was going to be along with you. I love talking to you and everything like that. So yeah, every conversation. <laughs> yeah. A quick question. Then an hour and a half later, what's going you know, like, exactly. um, But I just want to say thank you for coming on. Do you have any last bits of, you know, of words or anything like that you'd like to say to people? I'm sorry, it uh, was breaking up there. Oh, I was gonna say, do you have any last bit of encouragement or words you want to tell anybody out there? I, this this time is gonna pass. Um, yeah. you know, like I said, there's there's things that we can look at, and this is going back to how we how we respond to things that don't go right or as yeah. planned. Um, there's definitely some positives in this, and and for me with my family, I'm I'm getting to look at an opportunity to be at home with them and and spend some time with them and uh, do projects with them and 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 kind of take that step away from hockey um, in the traditional facet that we normally see it in. Um, but uh, 
there's there's a lot of positives that can come from this. Even even my outlook on on how I can do things differently um, in terms of hockey development when uh, we're in situations like this, and uh, it's kind of opened my my mind up for for some from some different ideas that 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 can help uh, kids develop the sport they love. And uh, so it'll pass, and um, you know, it might just be a little bit longer. Who knows? Maybe a lot longer. I, I don't know. I don't know what the fall is going to hold for us, but. Um, we it is what it is i guess and and we need to, we need to move forward and and uh take advantage of the opportunity with our kids and control what you can control you know like control your attitude control your response to how you react to these situations but i just want to say thanks again um and then uh check in next week for another views from the bench we have it monday wednesday and friday uh next week um i got some great guests coming on so be sure to check out those um thanks again for coming on coach uh it's always a pleasure, and I uh, just want to say, everyone, good luck out there and stay safe. Thanks again, Ryan.